Is this, is this on? Yes, my lord. Good, good. <clears throat> Hello, this is God speaking. Can we dial that down? Yes, my lord. Thanks. Welcome, new arrival to the Eternity Ward. Please take a number and make your way down to the left or the right to the waiting room. All you need is there the refreshments I made just for you. <laughs> I would tell you to steer clear of the apples, they're forbidden, um, and the two snakes. <clears throat> I mean, fools, sorry, that are chewing the fat in the corner, but you probably wouldn't listen anyway. So good luck, I bless you, and on your way. Welcome to the Eternity Ward, where we flick through old copies of Reader's Digest and chat with our buddies while we wait for an appointment with God. I'm Chris Adams. I'm Nick McKinnon. What you been up to, Mr. Nick McKinnon? Ah, handyman stuff, Chris. Oh, handyman stuff. Fixing doors, mixing cement. Oh, been blokey. Oh, yeah. I've been making pot plants. (laughs) (sighs) Ah. What have I been up to? I don't know. You can guess. What have I been up to? Making pot? No. No. Oh. Not being very blokey, though. But you've been on holidays. I have. What have I done over the holidays? I went and saw a um, a show, which I thought you would be really interested in. What would you see? The Book of Mormon. Oh, yeah. 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 I would be interested in seeing that. That I thought- Will it come to Longford? <laughs> We've got a town hall. Ten years, maybe, it'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be an awful production. I thought it would have been right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, of course it's going to be right up my alley. Yeah. Just lots of things that, you know, it was like, it was bordering on being very offensive the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, but the Mormons love it. Do they? Yeah. Are you serious? They took out ads in like New York's newspapers saying, go and see this. Interesting. Yeah. Not all religions are the same, Chris. That's really interesting because it's it's like, I mean, even they said, I, I do remember hearing somewhere that they said it was sort of like a love letter of theirs to wacky religions. And, and what I found really interesting was, and this does relate to what we will be talking about, by the way, is that, you know, as much as they portray the Mormons as just pretty stupid and wacky and, you know, whatever, it's <laughs> like, well, actually, there's also this other side of, if you go and live in Utah, must be a reasonably nice place to live, you know, nice communities, people being nice to each other, you know, all of that sort of thing. So as as wacky- A lot of knocks on the door though, Chris. <laughs> There'd be a lot, wouldn't there? Did you see the episode where John Saffron went to Utah and went around door knocking about- <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I did. I missed that one. Uh, they did not like it at all. I'm a big John Saffron fan and I missed it. Yeah. But yeah, no, that was cool. That was pretty cool. And it relates to tonight because we're talking about, I think the question you posed to me was, are there things that you wish that Christians wouldn't say? So it's the shit that Christians say or do or whatever that I wish didn't happen. And me being a Christian, you wanted me to come up with a list. Yeah, well, I, I came across a list on, I think it was Pathos. How do you pronounce that? Oh, Pathos. Pathos. Yeah, that's what I said. You just said pathos. Um, Is, isn't there an E in there? Sh- I mean, it might be a silent E. I don't know. Because pathos is a word as well. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Whichever one is the correct uh, pronunciation, that's what I said. Is, yeah. yeah we'll get no, mine probably isn't, no, Chris. I'm actually thinking it's pathos because that would make sense right. to me. I, I saw on their pathos.com or whatever it was an article written by a Christian dude saying shit I wish atheists would stop doing and saying. And I, f- I found it really interesting to read and I agreed with almost everything that he wrote and I thought, oh, I wonder what the opposite of that is. I wonder what is the what sort of shit do Christians do and say that both other Christians wish they would stop saying but also that someone like me who's a, I don't even know what I am, wishes they didn't do and say. Mm. I thought that could be fun. Yeah, all right. Um, it, yeah, it might be fun. <laughs> I was just looking up. Uh, it was pathos is what you were thinking of. Pathos is a word, but that's a word that they say, you know, it's a quality that evokes pity or sadness, you know, when when an actor acts with such pathos, you know, where pathos, path and theos, you know, the Greek word for God, so the path to God or something. Something like that. Well, thank you for joining us on Dictionary.com's podcast. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed this. (laughs) But, yeah, okay, fun. Well, talking about the shit that Christians say. Well, 
see, I was starting to write all this down. I went, yeah, this will be fun. And, and, and I came up with a pretty long list. And now I feel yeah, now same. I feel like I'm just bashing Christianity and now I'm going, oh, is this really what I wanted to do? Well, we're hoping this will be helpful, aren't we? Okay, it'll be fun. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, just know, dear listeners, that we are going to do the reverse side of this. We're yeah, going to do a, a follow-up podcast yeah. where we have a crack at atheists as well because they're equally stupid in their own special way. Maybe we should do one for agnostics, those pathetic no, no. sitting on the fence Switzerland <laughs> people. Well, hang on. Both of us are really agnostic. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, that's why I thought it'd be fun too. Yeah, yeah. But you were going to answer the questions of the things you wish atheists weren't going to say and I was going to answer the questions of the things that I wish Christians wouldn't say. But really, when it comes down to it, we're both really agnostic. But um, okay, so yeah. where should I start? The top of your list. Okay. God will never give us more than we can handle, Nick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you heard that one? Yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah, go and give you more than you can handle. So, like, if God gives my son leukemia, he can handle that. No, no, no. It's more what you can handle. He won't give you more than you can handle. No, no, but I'm saying, like, my son can handle that. Oh, yeah, apparently. Yeah, via that. See, this is the thing that gets me with this one is, like, where does that leave, you know, people who are going to die from an illness? What does it leave people who are just, who go through a breakdown? You're not really handling it if you're in a breakdown, right? No. I like, what about people who commit suicide? Yeah. Did they not get more than they could? No, they couldn't handle it, you know, so. They handled it perfectly. Yeah, with a. Somehow. <laughs> a, um, what do they say? It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. That is what they say. Probably not the same people, to be fair. But yeah, so to, to say that, that God will never give us more than we can handle, and that comes from, there's, there's a bit in the Bible, which in Corinthians that people talk about, where it sort of comes from, but it doesn't actually say that. So it's annoying because I, I'm just feeling like when you say that, where does that leave all of these other people? And the bit in the Bible talks about that God will only not tempt us beyond what we can bear. It's, so it's really just about temptation, that bit. And the other side of that is, like, I feel like I've got a pretty awesome life. Like, I feel like i am got a really lucky life. Yeah. Does that mean that I'm really pathetic and mm. that I can't be tested because I'll just fail the, you know, if I stub my toe? Yep, that's then right. that's going to be the worst thing that happens in my day. Yep. Yeah, I must be pretty pathetic then. I also think it's a bit weird thing to say because, you know, if there was never more than we could handle, then in one sense there'd be no need for God. Like, what, what do we need God for then if nothing's going to get beyond what we can handle? <laughs> yeah. So much for that footsteps thing where, yeah, you know, when there's only one set of footsteps and, oh, where were you, God, when that one set of footsteps you left me? No, no, that's when I carried you. <laughs> oh, yeah. so much for that. Yeah, then there's a whole bunch of stuff in there about does God control things? Does God throw actual obstacles our way that, that we have to work our way past and over, but he's not going to throw ones that we can't handle? I just don't buy that. Job says yes. Yeah, but Job's the oldest story in the Bible. It's a yeah, it's a myth. It's a mythological story. So that's story. the least reliable? Is that what you're saying? No. Huh. No, we'll get to the Bible soon. Um, <laughs> I just think that there are things that happen in people's lives that, that they don't handle. I mean, basically you're saying that, no, we'll get, I mean, it goes on to the next one. We're, I mean, we've covered a bunch of these in the podcast, Nick, as well. We've covered a bunch of them. Like everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Which is sort of related to that one because I, I hate that one because it's essentially like, okay, so your child dies. That's sort of like saying that in one sense that God killed your child because yeah. it happened for a reason. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. People said that. About Robin too, about my wife. Right. Like she was raped for 10 years. Yeah. And yeah, like she would come into these Christian communities and they would say that sort of stuff. And it's just like, how mind-bogglingly simple are you to say that sort of thing? Like what, God was okay with what was going on? Is that what you're saying? He sat by and just let it happen? Like what sort of God do you follow? But I think a lot of these sort of statements, mm. they're social lubricating statements. They're ones that... I don't think the people saying them actually believe them. I think they just get into a conversation and they think, holy shit, I have nothing to say that is useful in this situation, so I'll just pull at simple statements of faith and I'll just throw them out there and hope that that gets me out of out of trouble. I don't think they actually really mean it if they thought about it. They just mm. say hey, look, it. And- I, I will preface that all of these things that, well, almost all of the, the on the list here come from people who are trying to be well-meaning 
Mm. You know, like it's yeah, but it's in a lot of cases really unhelpful. And to tell someone that everything happens for a reason, and you know, like so to tell Robin that all of that happened for a reason. Well, now she's a full-on social worker working with people who do experience that sort of stuff herself, so she has experience that she can draw on to be able to help them. Well, that's not the reason. For me, that's, you know, that's another one that people say. I didn't actually put this one on the list because I don't really know if I have a problem with it. Um, But, you know, turning a, a curse into a blessing sort of thing, you know, and I think that's where God works is, you know, doesn't actually put the curse on you, doesn't actually kill your child, doesn't actually cause you to be raped. We're not puppets you know god's not pulling the strings i mean in one sense everything happens for a reason there's cause and effect you know that's that Mm. science thing one thing precedes another thing but to say that you know that there's meaning in everything that happens now i don't like it i wish people would stop saying it yeah agreed all right do you want another one yeah i'll have the next one all right okay well sort of on that one you know if people are like sick or broken in some way, you know, telling them if, if they had enough faith or if we had enough faith, you know, then we'd be able, then the healing mm. would be able to come, you know. So that that sort of the thing, I think there's this toxic element to it. It's dangerous that that when nothing comes of it, then it leaves. It's, it's, the sort of, it's the sort of statement that a healthy person would say. Yeah, yeah. And when healing doesn't come, who's to blame? You know, you can spiral down out of that into self-blame and even claiming someone needs healing when there may be nothing wrong in the first place. Like my wife told me a story she saw online of a transgender person at a coffee shop, bunch of Christians come up and say, we've been wandering around looking for broken people that God wants us to pray for. Can we pray for you? And they're like, rack off. But, you know, then actually they got rid of them by quoting bits of the Bible, Adam. But uh, just... The idea that people, I guess, not having enough faith or something is why they're in the circumstances that they are in. I don't like it. Stop saying all of that shit. Yeah. All right, your turn. So my number one is um, forcing your beliefs on your kids. So you've just had kids and now I'm going to indoctrinate them into my religion. So, But that's every parent's right, Nick. No, it's not every parent's right. Don't be a dick. (laughs) Okay. So my daughter reads the Bible every now and then. Uh, Sometimes she even asks me to read it to her, which I do. She watches, like, on YouTube, there's these little animated Bible stories that she watches, and I don't stop her from doing any of those things. If she wants to go look that stuff up on YouTube and read the Bible, hey, go for it. I don't want her to turn out to be just a carbon copy of me. It's her job to work out who she is and what sort of stuff she wants to believe in and follow and whatever. I'm not going to go around saying, you know, that's just a bunch of rubbish, don't you? Um, it's for her to work out. Mm. And I hate that religious people just start off with the assumption that I am definitely right mm. and I'm going to tell my kid that this is definitely, you know, God definitely created the world um, and Jesus is definitely the son of God. Like, I think instead you should say, look, this is what I believe. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with you telling your kid what you believe. Absolutely, go for it. But let them work it out for themselves. Like, you know, there's 1.7 billion people that think that Muhammad was writing down the word of God and he was talking about Allah, which is a different bloke. All right. I don't know. I've never tried being a Muslim. I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah, I just, I don't know why we don't trust people that they will figure it out for themselves. Is it the hell thing? It might be down to, you know, this fear of how we've got to get them in the book as quickly as possible. Yeah, I wouldn't want any of my kids to be tortured for all of eternity. Oh. Yeah, I don't like that one. Stop forcing your kids to believe what you believe. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. You got another one on your list? See, I thought it was just me that was coming with the list, but you've you've got some of your own. You're not going to. Oh, let... don't you worry, Chris. I got plenty. <laughs> well, we're getting through them quickly. Well, this is one that I'll, we've talked about before. Yeah. Stop saying you have a relationship with God. You don't. Uh huh. Yep. You might feel like God communicates with you some nebulous way, <laughs> but you don't have a relationship with Him. You don't have a reliable way to communicate with him. You can't, like, I mean, you you can talk to him as much as you want, but you don't hear from him whenever you want to hear from him. Don't say God talks to you. He doesn't. Yep. Unless he actually does. Like, if if you're one of those people that you actually hear audible words and you can ask him questions and he answers, yeah, brilliant. You're having a conversation with God for sure. But if, like, some people talk about their relationship with God being 
like when they go into nature and that that's them communicating with God. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, I feel that too. Yeah. So we talked about in that episode that you'd be better off to say you have a connection. Yeah, sure. You feel like you have an awareness of God or yeah. whatever. Yeah, brilliant. Mm. Go for it. But don't use the word relationship because you don't have a relationship and you don't talk to God. You don't hear from God. Don't use those words because that's not what the words mean. One of the ones that I had on my list, which sort of relates to that, was um, when someone will tell you that, like, oh, God told me to tell you, you know, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Or, oh, God put it in my heart to come and share this with you sort of thing or to tell you this. Uh, so that's that comes from out of the relationship thing. And that's, mm. I don't know, I just think that that's potentially sets up for a potential abusive sort of relationship between you and the person you're telling. I mean, maybe it did happen. I don't know. So if someone said that to me, yeah. I would just say, well, next time you're chatting with him, could you just ask him to talk to me? Yeah, but not everyone <laughs> is necessarily going to be as... Uh, there's a lot of people who would go, oh, okay, so God speaks to you. God told you to tell me this. And so now whatever you're telling me, I'm just going to take that as coming from God, right? Yeah. But it might not be f- the right thing for you. What if it's not the right thing for you? What if they're leading you down some garden path? Are you, are you doubting that person's... Yeah, I am doubting them because you're just saying that you don't have a relationship with God. So where's that coming from? I don't know. Look, there is, you know, all of those stories of... You know, when we talked about also in that relationship episode, we talked about maybe you have a relationship with God in the sense that you, you know, you relate to others and God's within others, you know, sort of thing. And, you know, I remember growing up and having those stories of, hey, we we need $634.20 <laughs> to pay the rent. Yeah, yeah. And pray about it. And then my parents would receive, you know, a check in the mail from from a friend for $635. (laughs) And so maybe there's... Is it possible they heard about it? Well, on my understanding of the story, no. But, you know, but I was a kid when I heard these stories. So maybe these things are possible. But generally, I I wish Christians wouldn't say, you know, God told me to tell you this sort of thing. Um, And I wouldn't discount that they are possible. Yeah. But all I would say is that they haven't happened to me. If it happened to me, then I'd sign up for it just as quick as anyone else. Yep. If God spoke to me, I would be the first one to be saying, God spoke to me. No, no, no. He literally spoke to me. I'm not here to pretend God doesn't exist. If God exists, brilliant. Chooses to reveal himself to me, great. You want another one? Yep. Throw one. All right. At me. This one really annoys me because it's like a self-justification sort of one. It's circular logic sort of thing. So the people that claim that all good... You know, when something good happens in their life, mm-hmm. they claim that it was God. Mm. And when anything bad happens and you ask them about it, they're just like, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's just like, well, well how, how I've, come you... I've got blaming the devil here, blaming the devil for, for bad things that happen and attributing to God all the good things that happen. They were on my list. There you go. Yeah. How can you do that? I don't understand the mind of someone that just, like, whenever anything good happens, you know, they get a parking spot. And they're like, oh, God got me a parking spot. Mm. But then... I don't know, the marriage breaks down. What the hell? God cared about your parking spot but not your marriage? Well, you know, I just think about the other person that was also looking for that parking spot going, I can't find a parking spot. Satan's at work here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't want me to find a parking spot. He doesn't want me to get to where I need to go to. I've got to get there. Yeah. You can't understand the mind of God, Chris. It's mysterious. Yeah, that's another one that's there. You only see a small picture of what's going on. But yeah, that, shit. that blaming the devil or attributing to God stuff, it's taking away our responsibility and it's jerking our responsibility. And mm. it's just all of this stuff is just infuriating. Yeah, it's giving more power to this concept of the devil. But you can't believe in God without believing in the devil. Why not? Because it's in the same Bible. <laughs> Oh, we haven't got to the Bible yet. That's still... that's still. <laughs> you keep giving me teasers. Well, that leads on to my next one perfectly, actually, Chris. Right, okay. When Christians claim that the Bible is the word of God, mm. except for this bit and, and that other bit and that other bit that I already disagree with over there, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, this is the word of God, but when you're talking about Jonah living in the belly of a whale for how many days, no, no, that's not, that's not real. I mean... Obviously, 
or you know the the bits in the Old Testament that talk about that if a woman's raped, they have to marry the person. Well, I mean, that's God didn't mean it like that. Yeah, but all those other bits, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, the Word of God. I'm glad they can work out which bits are the Word of God and which bits aren't. Well, see, that's my problem is people saying that the Bible is the Word of God, you know, the inerrant Word of God. It can't be wrong. And I'm going, well, it, hang on. It's a collection of, of poetry and letters and writings and stories and mythology. It's all of these different types of literature all in a library <laughs> and all chosen by a selection of people that went, oh, this belongs in here, this belongs in here, but this bit, this story over here doesn't. And different groups, you know, like, you know, you've got your Mormons and Catholics and stuff, will put different things in there as well, that other mm. writings that have been discovered. So I'm like, it's a collection of stuff written by people. Collected by people. Collected by people and decided which, bit would, which bits would go in there. And and yes, so there's a, there's a huge amount of contradiction in there. There's this, God is this wrathful destroyer and god is this peacemaker god is the thing which divides people and the thing that can overcome any division so for me you know when people say oh because the bible says so or it's true because the bible says it and the bible is the word of god it's a worry for me because i I just don't think that god dictated the bible i mean it's possible have you ever seen the movie i can't remember what it's called now there was a really good movie about a guy Mm. he was a homeless bloke was just homeless and just literally started hearing the word of God and just got out a pen and started writing it all down. Right. Like it's based on a real story. It's an awesome movie. I loved it. Cool. Can't remember what it's called. Can't remember who the dude is. I've got it in my movie collection. And were there contradictions in what God was saying? Uh, Probably not. I doubt it. God wouldn't do that. Mm. But like um, an interviewer asked him, um, what would God say to us now if he could tell us one thing? And he said, You've got me all wrong. <laughs> and I love that. That's such a good answer. Yeah. You guys, you don't understand. You've got me all wrong. Yeah. I love like that. Well, and this is another thing Christians say. You know, you're dismissing the Bible. You're diminishing the Bible. You're, and you, you're not a Christian if you do that. And okay, well, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm not if I do. But <laughs> um, I still think you can find truth in that. Hmm. And it can still be inspired by God in the sense that. You know, and then this is where it gets tricky. Some will say that it's divinely inspired by God, as in like God inspired someone to to write, if even if God didn't make them put down every single word or whatever. But for me, it's just people trying to understand God, people trying to wrestle with this concept of God, people trying to talk about what they think their relationship with. And so there's an incredible amount of stories and wisdom in there, which tells us about the human condition. And so it's a very helpful book. But if it is the be-all and end-all, then you're turning it into an idol. I think that's what a lot of these things are that Christians say is they, they end up turning something into to an idol. Essentially, it becomes something which stands between them and God in a way because, because they're getting it all wrong. So you got me all wrong that's right. because they start believing, yeah, this thing. But, you know, I'm the same as everyone else. I've got my own idols. I mold them out of clay. <laughs> You meant to use like gold, aren't you? Yeah, Chris? I, well, gold paint. You know, I can't afford pure gold. Jeez, I made one look like you. <laughs> How big was its penis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very small hands, like Donald Trump. <laughs> Now it's finally getting fun. Uh. I would love to hear Trump talk about his penis. That would be really funny. It's the biggest penis. I mean, it's just absolutely huge. I can't even do up my pants properly. It's so big. It would be good. A lot of the Trump supporters would be Christians, evangelical Christians. Mm. And a lot of them would write everything in capitals. That frustrates me. That annoys me. I, I wish they'd stop doing that. I don't think I've ever talked to a Trump supporter. Have you talked to one, have you? You know, just with comment sections of, and they just write everything oh, right. in capitals. That's saying stuff, but it's saying stuff very loudly all of the time. I mean, Chris, you, you can't afford real gold. They can't afford a keyboard without a caps lock. <laughs> it's not their fault. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> You're judging the, um, what did Hillary call them? Uh, the deplorables. 
Yeah. Don't you be judging the deplorables too. Judging, that's another one. Judge not. Least you be judged. Christians say that. Frustrates. What? That's the bit you don't like. Well, no. That's a nice thing to say. Yeah, I know. Well, I don't know. We judge all the time and people just sort of think that you shouldn't judge. But it's just yeah, you to be judge. careful because and as much as we're judging, all of these things that Christians say, all of these specks in their eyes, I might have a great big log in mine. So that's all. Just be careful. When you yeah, agreed. But like when Jesus said that, you know, I think it was Jesus that said that, wasn't he? Yep. Don't try and pull the speck out of your brother's eye when you've got a log in your own mm. or something like that. Sounds like a Jesus thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like as a metaphor, mm. it's really beautiful. Mm. But if you're talking about the real world, it's rubbish because all of us do have to, like as a society, we have to make laws that other people have to abide by mm. that aren't just for me. Mm. So we have to have a law that says you can't rape children. Mm. Now, if we were going to go by Jesus's rule, I can't say that because I'm not perfect. <laughs> like when he was talking to that woman, um, you know, there was going to be stone and they're like, well, you know, he who's without sin casts the first stone. Well, that's rubbish. Imagine if we said that to our judges. You can't condemn anyone unless you're perfect. That's stupid. Oh, but he did. Uh, he didn't condemn, you know, her. But you know, he he had a go at the the Pharisees. You know, so he, and that was the thing that I loved about you know the story of him throwing his tantrum and turning all the tables over in the temple. It, it wasn't a tantrum to me because you know the story goes he was he was there the previous day. He went through. He had a look. He went away. Thought about it. Came back and then flipped everything over because that was the most appropriate and condemning response, you know, mm. of, of that behavior. So it's, so I don't think it's fair to say that Jesus would not say, don't judge anybody else. I think it's about trying to concentrate on removing the log from your own eye before, yeah. before you judge others. Yeah. It's about, I agree it's about, with that being, 100%. Yeah, about being careful. That's what one of Jordan Peterson's rules is in his book. Yeah. That clean up your own room. Yeah. The, before you want to go out and change the world, we'll get your own house in order first. I like that. Yeah. My house is not in order. <laughs> Neither's Peterson's. <laughs> he gets asked it in interviews quite regularly and he's like, hell no. <laughs> yeah. Do you want my next one or your next one? I don't remember who was last, so you go. All right. Christians saying that they're being oppressed or victimized or persecuted, that frustrates me. I wish they'd... Except for the Syrian ones. That's sort of fair enough. There is persecution in places, but not in the Western world that we generally live in and hear most about. Yeah. You know, so not being able to have your your prayer within the school or your or you can't have your, your commandments written in the, the council hall or whatever. They, they, whatever they, uh, you're not being persecuted, <laughs> okay? No. That's not persecution. You're not being victimized. Just because you're losing... Um, you're not considered the moral majority anymore. That doesn't mean that you're being persecuted. No, it does not. And, yeah, it shits me. It does. Yeah. I think with a lot of the things we've been bringing up, I, I think a helpful way to think about it is, like, how would I feel if a Muslim was raising these issues? Like, if a Muslim was saying, well, why can't I have the Quran taught in the local primary school? Mm. Well, I'd be like, well, bugger off. Mm. And if that's what I would think about that, well, then why should Christianity get in there either? Mm. Um, or if it's, you know, going back to raising our kids to be Christian, like how do I think a Muslim person should raise their kids? Well, I think they should raise their kids to allow them to make their own choices and they shouldn't be forced to be Muslim. They shouldn't be forced to be anything. And so same thing for a Christian parent, same thing for an atheist parent, yep. same thing for a Mormon parent. Yeah. So think about it from the perspective of, you know, how should someone not in my tribe mm -hmm. look at these issues as well? Yep. Are we going to disagree on anything? Probably not. All right, okay. Well, this is the thing. I think you and I are, like, very similar. Other than politically, we have some fun politically. Let's see. But you don't like doing those podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> don't like confrontation that much. Yeah. Here we go. Here's one that we might disagree on. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Reprehensible. Yeah, no, I think I do disagree with that because I – I quite like that one. I know you do. We've discussed yeah. this before. We have disagreed on this one. Yeah, good. Let's do it again. Why <laughs> don't you like this one? As idealistic as it might be, I don't think anyone's capable of taking that statement and living it out properly. There you go, turning me into the idealistic one. Yeah. I remember we'd spoken about, you know, 
Gandhi had had some things to say about this statement that it just wasn't possible for for people to do that. But but you you likened it to a particular statement that or creed or whatever that you sort of is it a creed? It's just a statement. Statement of what? Oh, value the Majid Nawaz one. Yeah, which was how does that go? Um, no idea or yeah, no idea is above scrutiny. No individual is beneath dignity. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I I love that. The, the I thing like, I like that one. That one's fine. This one got some stronger language. You know, <laughs> scrutiny is is a uh, not as strong as hate. Oh, okay. You know, so no one's above scrutiny, but you know, in this one, you're meant to hate the sin. Yeah. Okay. But how do you feel about pedophilia? Hate it. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I think, like, I agree with you that I'm not sure it is practical. Like, I, I'm not sure it is possible for us to be perfect in separating out the sin from the sinner. I don't mm. think we're very good at that. Mm. Uh, like, I don't think I'm good at that. Mm. Let me take some ownership there. But I still think we should have it as our ideal. Like, we have a value in the way we construct our society that all humans are equal. And so when you turn up to a, a waiting room at a hospital, you, no one gets special treatment. Like, if if Malcolm Turnbull's kid turns up at the waiting room and I turn up at the waiting room, the triage isn't based on, you know, that he's Malcolm Turnbull's kid. It's just based on the injury and the severity and how quickly they need to be seen and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So we have this understanding in our society that all humans are equal. But it's not true. Not hu- not all humans are equal. If Einstein was in that waiting room, I want him seen first. I don't care how bad his injury is. I want him seen first. Because his impact on society is far greater than mine will ever be. And so not every human being is equal, but I still think it's the we have to hold that as the master value. Mm. And so I think it's the same with this hate the sin, love the sinner. It's not practical. It's never going to work out perfectly, but I think we still have to hold it. Like, What's the alternative? Like not hate the sin? I guess that's also then but what they, what do they equate sometimes as sin? That's another one we could get into is when they talk about, you know, what is and what isn't a sin. But, you know, okay, pedophilia, pretty straightforward. Yeah, I did choose an easy one, didn't I? Yeah. Homosexuality. Ah, there you go. So that's when basically that's <laughs> we're skipping on to another one now. That's obviously a sin if you're going to take the Bible seriously at all. And you should kill them. I just don't agree with that reading. <laughs> Um, I don't know what you mean by that reading. It's what it says. It's not what it said. Come on, Google. Do some work for me. It's not what it said. Tell me, what did it say then? Romans chapter 1, verse 24 to 28. I don't know how many times I've recited this on, (laughs) on this podcast. Therefore, God gave them over to their sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged truth about blah, 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 blah. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. How is that not clearly saying that it's It's not about monogamous relationships. It's about freaking orgies going on at some idol worship temple thing. Where do you get that from? It doesn't mention orgies in there anywhere. The only thing it's saying there is they didn't like women anymore, they liked men. And that's the New Testament. That's why I like this verse. This is the one that that Megan Phelps Roper put me onto. Oh, right, yes. yeah. Fred Phelps's daughter, granddaughter. Oh, granddaughter, yep. From Westboro Baptist Church, those who aren't up in the uh, ex-Westboro Baptist Church. Well, I was talking about Fred, but yeah, Megan is an ex. Well, Fred's an ex as well. He's dead, so he'll be burning in hell by now. That'll be ironic for him, won't it? (laughs) I wonder if gays went and picketed his funeral. That would have been really funny. Do you reckon the Phelps family would have saw the irony in that? Are you typing up what does Rob Bell say about Romans chapter 1? No. Actually, that um, John Spong, he would have something to say about it. Why, what did he have to say on it? I read a book by him, but I, you know, I can't remember what he said about each individual verse, but he went through um, all the verses in the Bible that talked about homosexuality and gave alternate interpretations about how it wasn't talking about what we think of as homosexuality. Living in Sin, the book was called. 
Well, I'm just reading an explanation talking about the argument that idolatry, promiscuity, and shrine prostitution are what Paul is addressing here in Romans 1, not same-sex relationships between faithful and committed partners. It's about gross misuse of power, Roman elitist overindulgence, and misguided, over-sexualized spirituality. But what I want to say is that it's up for friggin' debate, right? Yeah, of course it is. So why you want to go with so literal on it? Because <laughs> you've got off. to have a reason not to interpret it literally. If you're going to, by default, go to a non-literal interpretation, you're going to be reading everything as whatever the hell you want it to be. You're going to go read the traffic road rules book and just read it all figuratively and take it to mean whatever the hell you want, and we're going to have car crashes everywhere. You read things literally unless you've got a reason not to read it literally. Well, I'm giving you a reason. What's, what's your reason? What's my reason? I don't know. I sort of want to argue that my reason is that I don't think the Bible condemns homosexuality. Because of what? No, hang on. That's just a statement. Yeah, I know. It's just a statement. But I was also going to make the statement that, well, I don't believe the Bible is the word of God anyway. So, you know, it's sort of irrelevant whether the Bible condemns homosexuality. It's about whether God condemns homosexuality. All of that stuff I just think has been either misused really badly or it's been bad from the start that it was even in there because it's just wrong it is wrong because it is natural for those people it's not natural for you and me no it's unnatural for you and me yeah if i did that it would be very natural for other chris yeah when christians say anything about homosexuality being unnatural or sinful broken you know that's one of the things that i wish christians would stop saying and there's other things like purity culture you know where they withhold sex education, you know, try to force abstaining on their daughters, you know, with contracts between fathers and daughters. There's checking the marital bed, re-virginity. There's a whole bunch of sexual hang-ups which Christians can go on and on about. And some of it, you know, like, I mean, your body, when you're young, it might be ready and your mental, emotional world might not be. But something you know, like sex before marriage, setting that up as the greatest sin of all time, you know, and guilt will follow you everywhere. <sighs> yeah, I, I think there's some really good stuff in there as well as the awful stuff. You know, running in and checking the bed sheet, that's awful. <laughs> but encouraging our young people not to have sex until they know that this is a person that I want to spend a significant amount of my life with, I think that's not a bad thing. Um, when it comes to like things like sex before marriage, I think God might go, you know, oh, I prefer you didn't. I prefer you didn't because I made you in such a way that you'd be better off if you waited until you were, you know, with the person that you're going to spend your life with. You're committed, you're, you're mentally and emotionally more prepared to deal with this and that would be great. But just because someone has sex before marriage, which is usually an act of affection and love to say that that's a sin and they're going to go to hell for it. (sighs) Yeah. That frustrates me. It's that judgment side of it. Like if, if someone sleeps around before they get married, well, but you're not going to go up to them and say, well, you're evil. You're damned to hell. You're going to go up and say, look, mate, you're all right. I care for you. That's all you're going to say. You're not going to be an asshole about it unless you're a Christian. (laughs) <laughs> then you might be an asshole about it. And there are some Christians, another thing that was on my list, that they will turn family members away or church members away. or But, you know, they'll, they'll have to turn their backs on people completely because these people are, I don't know, corrupted in some way. And, yeah. and so we can't deal with you anymore. We have to turn our backs yeah. on you. It's for your own good. You know, don't like that. No, going back to Megan Phelps Roper, mm. I was listening to a podcast with her and like when she left uh, the West Road Baptist Church, she's hardly spoken to her mum since. Like literally she'll have like said like hi and mum hasn't spoken to her. Like how hard would that be? And like her mother was like the closest person to her growing up. Uh, like, yeah. What sort of a religion drives a mother to not even want to speak to their own kid mm. just because they walked away from the church. Horrific. Not as bad as Muslims, though, because they'll kill you. Why do you do that, though? So what, you need to turn away from them because they're going to corrupt you as well? Is that what it is? This is to show your purity? Just your purity. it's on the Bible, Chris. 
Because that's, I mean, but that's also the other thing that people do is, you know, they won't watch certain movies, you know, like Harry Potter or whatever, or they won't read certain books or they won't engage in conversations with an atheist or something because, because in some way it's going to make them impure, you know, or, and, and I just think it's weak. Like you should be able to keep someone around who doesn't believe the same thing as you anymore. You know, yeah. Your faith is pretty weak if you can't stand up to to scrutiny, yeah, yeah, or stand up to someone turning away from your ideas, yeah, yeah. At the church that I went to growing up, we had not me because I hate the Lord of the Rings, but some people in the youth group had organised for a screening of the Lord of the Rings as a youth group activity, and some members of the church got wind of it and shut it down. And just said, hell no, you're not going to be watching The Lord of the Rings. And, like, this is a movie written by a Christian. Yep. And I seriously think that that one event had a massive impact on a lot of church kids just throwing it away. Like, not not immediately right then. But, like, I know for me, it like, it really pulled back the curtains on seeing what some people in the church are like, that they're just so fearful and so afraid of the world and like and then you know you would eventually you would leave the christian school you're at and go and find other people that aren't christian and you go oh they're not evil they're just normal people (laughs) and all this fear that i'd been told that these people are evil and that they're sinners and no it's just not true they're just normal people who are just going about their lives and they don't hate god they're not rebelling against god they're just like man i don't know god doesn't talk to me so i mean yeah Yeah, I have to say that's one of the reasons why these things, all of these things frustrate me a lot is because they do turn people away. (laughs) And I think there's value to be found here within this God Christianity stuff, right? And I'm one of them. So that's part of why I'm frustrated because it it keeps turning people away and it keeps causing divisions between people. I mean, it just even one thing that you can say is you walk up to someone and say, I'm a Christian. That's things that Christians sometimes say. That co- that can cause division straight away, you know. So yeah, what's next on the list? Prosperity theology. When Christians go on about prosperity th- theology, that they're blessed to, you know, that because they're rich and that if they are rich, then God's with them. Yeah. So yeah, God provides an abundance of things, but doesn't mean you get to take it all. No. Years back, well, it's probably 20 years ago now, back when I used to be into watching the Premier League soccer, the manager of the English football team, who I'm pretty sure he's a Christian, and he said something along the lines of that um, he believed that disabled people were that way because they'd sinned in a, I don't know, in a past life or because they sinned or something, and he got fired from the job. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, you can't say that, mate. Even if you believe it, surely you've got enough brains to keep that to yourself. Oh. Yeah, what a horrible thing to say. One that really, that I was just following a, a story a bit recently was uh, Rachel Held Evans was talking to this guy because he'd come out and t- talking about forgive and forget. That's another thing that Christians say is, you know, forgive and forget. Um, but yep. he was te- basically he was telling wives to forgive their abusive husbands and he was telling chil- <laughs> children to forgive their sexual abusers. <laughs> and and I, I'm guessing he hasn't been abused himself. Yeah, probably. Um, and so it, basically all you tell the perpetrators is, you know, well, seek God, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. But this whole, it, again, it's sort of like she was saying that was making marriage and an idol. You know, it's, it's again, it's about idolatry in the sense that you're putting an institution or a structure or whatever above people's lives. And that's not what God is about, you know, so it's just dangerous and and that all stems from you know that whole men are meant to be leaders and in the church and in their families and women are meant to submit and be subordinate and so on all of that stuff's got to go yeah well yeah. i mean it does say that in the bible though doesn't it well I, I think it gets twisted women women submit to men but men are meant to submit to women as well that's what it basically says in the next sentence it's an equal sharing like so Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22 to 23 says says wives submit to your husbands uh, as you do to the Lord. I don't really care about that verse, but the next verse is the scary one. It says for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Like that's a hierarchical thing. That's saying the what the husband is the head of the wife in the exact same way as Christ is the head of the church. It's pretty clear that husbands are in charge of the woman. I mean, after that, it says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. 
and gave himself up for her. Well, isn't giving yourself up for them submitting? Yeah, it may well be, but yeah. what I, that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that it says pretty clearly that the husband is in charge of the wife. Of course, it's going to be a patriarchal document. It was written 2,000 years ago. <laughs> and that's the problem with patriarchy is that it, it serves men, protects men. It doesn't protect the women. And to ask them just to live with an abusive head <laughs> of the family, you know, and forgive them and that's shit. It is. I heard it said that there are pastors who will, you know, claim that they've never counselled any of the people that they've married to a divorce. And then someone's saying, well, you probably should revisit that. Because there are times when there are, there are grounds for it and you're probably not doing your job. If You're probably not giving very good counsel. I mean, you want to try and save marriages as much as you can and people aren't perfect. But we just yeah. we set up a situation where people can be abused and it's not right. When you got married to Biz, did you have it in your vows that like you'd be together forever? Oh, I can't remember. Um, like, yeah, like, till death do us part well, yeah, or yeah, probably till death do us part. Well, that, that's forever, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm not saying that we, we made a vow that we would be together for eternity. <laughs> um, but no, we actually removed, I wanted it removed, the whole language of her submitting to me. We removed that. But I can understand if the husband, I mean, but what, which, what husband can be like Christ, you know? <laughs> Who can live up to that? It's not saying to be like Christ. It's saying the husband is the head of the wife mm. as Christ is the head of the church. No, well, I I just took it out and removed it because I never liked it. <laughs> You're a convenient Christian, Chris. Why? Just remove all the bits of the Bible you disagree with. You're not really following a religion. You're creating one. What did you? What vows did you say when you got married? Uh, why can't you make I up? Don't know. Why can't you make up your own vows when you get married? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, of course so you can. That's what we did. Yeah, good. But uh, like my question was about, like you were saying that there are times when people should get divorced, mm. and so I, I wondered whether you had in your vows oh, that right. you were committing to be together forever. No, well, like because yeah. you didn't say till death do us part unless you cheat on me, biz. Then you're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> No, but we do. You you commit to be together forever, but you know people again. They make mistakes. You may not be together, you know, till death do you part. But yeah. but in that moment in time, you're being true to that commitment. It'd be very rare, I think, that people would go into a marriage and say those words and know that they're lying through their teeth. You know, I think most people believe it when they say it, but then people forget, and that gets to another one of my points, actually which is when people tell you to follow your heart. And a lot of the Bible says, you know, to follow your heart and to be true to yourself. And Are you sure? That's, that's just Oprah, isn't it? Oh, it's not just, it, we see it's not just Christians. It's also very much Western society is really picked up on this one and run with this, you know, but the Bible also talks about the heart being deceitful. <laughs> you know, it's dangerous the, to follow your heart, to follow your own desires, to do what you want, to do what the self wants to do. I mean, it started with didn't Adam and Eve eat the fruit because they wanted to? <laughs> I was going to say, that doesn't sound like a very biblical thing to say. No, there's a lot of it in there. Hmm. But when you go back through the Bible, there are all sorts of crimes of passion and stuff. People get murdered and that's them following their heart. Does that make it right? No. <laughs> so it's a scary thing to just say follow your heart. And in our Western world, we tell people to follow their heart and that's where most adulterous relationships end up is someone following their heart because they think that that's what they're meant to do because we tell them that that's what we're meant to do you know your heart just pulls you in one little direction you go right i'm going there but then you realize it was just i don't know just some little surface infatuation or something so there i don't know there's this duality of the heart the heart is deceitful but the heart is also loving you know the heart is also a muscle which pumps blood but um <laughs> <laughs> it's not also that. <laughs> That's kind of its primary job. But you know what I mean when I'm saying, you know, following Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like the way I think of it is I think we need to use our brain to keep our heart in check. Yeah. That's exactly what it talks about is so the person who just follows their heart is a fool, you know, but the wise man, I can't remember what it says, but, the you know, the wise man is the person essentially wisdom in in that Jewish tradition is is your heart and your head in alignment with each other. So they're keeping each other in check. They're scrutinizing each other, you know. But, yeah, wisdom is the heart and the head. So you need the head. You can't just be a head person, Nick. No, you can't. 
you know, the wise man in the Bible was Solomon, and he had like eight million wives and four hundred thousand concubines. Mm-hmm. Wise man, very. He probably wrote those words you were just talking about. Have you got any others? Yeah, they don't really flow on nicely from what you've been talking about, though. All right, I'll talk about the God is on our side or my side, you know, people who pray for their football team to win or whatever is ridiculous. But even when it comes to wars, you know, when it comes to... Even politics. Yeah, God is on our side thing is, how do you know that? I guess because I guess that's what these people you believe you trust. Well, these people believe they have a connection with God. Yeah, but but they would say a relationship. But I'm always confused about when God's on your side, but it's also the other people on the other side saying God's on their side. So you yeah, well, they're wrong, obviously. <laughs> okay, they're evil. Sorry. They're being misled by the devil. You've cleared that one up for me. All right, that's fine. <laughs> this is the arrogance of religion. Now, I'm sure we'll talk about the arrogance of atheism later, but. I think that is the arrogance of religion where I don't think religious people really seriously think whether they would be following their religion if they were born in India or if they were born in Japan or if they were born in a different culture. Like I was brought up a Christian. My dad was a pastor. I was went to a Christian school and went to church from the probably the week after I was born. If I was born in North America 10,000 years ago, mm. very unlikely I'd be a Christian. Yep. The arrogance of religion. I'm not arrogant. I'm not talking about all these things that people shouldn't be doing, like I know and they don't. <laughs> That's right, Chris. Good. I'm glad we agree. Good. Oh, the only ones I had left were God works in mysterious ways, weak, yeah. in the world, not of it, that argument, which I always find really annoying because I'm like, what's the point of the world then if you're not going to be in the world? I guess the problem with that is that the world doesn't matter then. All that matters is that you're going to heaven and so you can do whatever you want to the world and you're just biding your time. Is that what that means? Uh, well, in the world, not of it basically means that you're a child of God. Your home is really heaven. You're here for a time and you're not meant to let the, – the world is going to tempt you and suck you in and take you away from God essentially. And so people will refrain from interacting with the world. What? No, it's saying the opposite of that. It's saying we have to get out there and be in the world. We just don't want to lose our morals and our values and become of the world. No, that, no, it messes them up to the point where they won't be in the world. Oh. Well, it turns you into a gated community, yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, Oh, I thought it was like the opposite of that. I mean, for that, some it would be, yeah, for sure. Interesting. I've never heard it the way you just talked about it. Okay. Um, you're going to hell, that one. <sighs> that one. That <laughs> one shits me when people yeah, well. tell others that they're going to hell. It's not good news. <laughs> it's an abusive thing to say. It's horrible. Uh, and the only other one I had to talk about was when people say, you know, don't doubt. Doubt leads to unbelief, you know, sort oh. of thing. I found a, a quote. I like I like having quotes, don't I? I have them. I like now. quotes. This one, I don't even know who this guy is. I have to look him up. Mike Mahagu. He said doubt. Oh, yeah. Do you know him? No. Oh. I was like pretending. Maybe he was a mate of yours. <laughs> doubt is a <laughs> gift. That is a gift. It means the way you see God is fraying at the edges and maybe it needed to. And I think maybe it needed to because God's going, you got me all wrong. Hey, I think doubt is just honesty. You've got to allow yourself to be honest. If you see contradictions, if you have questions, you've got to be free to ask them. Like if God exists, he's big enough to cope with whatever questions you have. You don't need to pretend you don't have them. It's not weakness, it's just honesty. That sort of fits in quite well to my mm. my last one, Chris. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Hmm. That one makes no sense. <laughs> they say it as though, oh, you know, the universe is so amazing. How could you have faith that that just happened by itself? I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Yeah, well, you just haven't read enough about evolution. That's <laughs> all it is. That's all that it means. Go out there, read some stuff about evolution. It'll clear it up real quick. And that leads on to my last one. I can't believe we came from monkeys. I mean, where are the half monkeys, half humans? And this is something I thought as like a 12-year-old up to probably 20-year-old, maybe even 25, I don't know. But like I was always thinking, you know, evolution makes no sense because, you know, if we evolved from monkeys, like where, where are these half monkey, half human things? Uh-huh. It's silly. But it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a terribly faulty understanding of evolution. It's not how evolution works. We did not come from monkeys, people. Monkeys and us have a common ancestor. We both evolved from it. 
So we're related, Nick. Yeah, I, I tell my daughter and she tells us all the time that everyone is part of our family, mm. that every human is part of our family. Because, like, if you try and work out where your family begins and ends, there's no <laughs> there's no line there. Oh, but that's what we do. We create all sorts of lines and fences and borders and walls and divisions, but they're all false. They are. Yeah. I found it interesting going through this whole list. Well, when I was creating the list, I was going, man, I've yeah. got a lot of problems with Christianity <laughs> and and a lot of doubts. And like, yeah, I was even just talking to your wife before, talking about how hanging around you too much and talking to you too much is potentially corrupting me and causing me to doubt things even further. Well, the next episode will set you back on All track, right, Chris. Good, good. Because that'll be about shit atheists saying to. But I, I have been on a. You know, this whole thing's been a, this whole podcast been a journey of struggling and wrestling with everything. Like we've just spoken, you know, all about, you know, what not to say or do. So it was a very negative podcast in a way. Oh, do you want to end on a positive? Well, I'm trying to think of, you know, what sort of things, if, if you were to make a list of things that, that you wish Christians would say and do, you know, what would that sort of a list yeah. look like, you know? And I, was, I like this. Oh, I ha- don't have a list. I'm sorry. I was oh. just, I was just wondering about it and going, you know. So I'm thinking things like, you know, my my faith, I, you know, is expressed through helping others. You know, that's what I try and do, and in in, in turn that helps me. Mm. So the others I help help me, and I like the way that that all sort of works because I don't want to be just tearing others down, which is sort of what this whole diatribe of list of things that Christians say is. It's just sort of. Is that how you see it? That's not how I see it. Well, how do you see it? I mean, I was just going to say I, I'm one of those hypocrites anyway. You know, I have high ideals. I fall short. I'm in the church. I'm not not a physical one, yeah. but I'm part of the group of believers. The sort of things that I'd want to say is, you know, what do you think? What do you feel? So what's in your head? What's in your heart? Ask people, not tell them all of this stuff. I'd like to listen to them, ask questions. You can give feedback, you can give opposition, but if you want to do it in a way that doesn't, you know, just shut them out and create those sort of walls. So I don't know. All of this may sound like I don't care for or respect my fellow Christians, but and on one level, because there's this dualistic me, you know, there's two sides of me, and on one level I don't, you know, because there's all of that frustration. But on another, I know that I don't want to be arrogant enough to, you know, so I know that there are others that know infinitely more than I do. And I'm fairly sort of lost in all of this, stumbling around, knocking over furniture, breaking vases as I go, <laughs> sometimes accidentally, sometimes I'm frustrated and I pick it up and I throw it down and get, damn it. Oh, Chris is turning into Jesus in the, in the synagogue. That's right. That's what this is about for me is I want people to help me understand because a lot of what I hear just frustrates me and it doesn't make sense. So that's what it's sort of about for me. Yeah. You, what are you going to say? Well, so I I respect Christians enough to think that they can cope with a bit of yeah bit of criticism. Like I would hope this is constructive criticism. Like I don't want to just come in and say, you guys are a bunch of assholes, you should all just fuck off and die. That's not helpful. But if you're saying things that are helpful, like these are the sort of things you guys say that are not helping anyone. I think that's really helpful and I think Christians can cope with that. Any Christian worth their weight in salt would want to listen to the perspectives of people who don't call themselves part of that group because you'd want to listen and go, oh, wow, we are screwing up in these ways. Like, I would not want to be saying any of these things if I wasn't also inviting other people to say the same things about me. I absolutely want that. To me, one of the best ways that I can become a better person is by listening to the things that other people say, Nick, you're not doing that well. And it's a very natural human response that when someone says, Nick, you're not doing this well, my first, second, third, fourth, and probably fifth response will be, hey, I am too. I'm doing really well. I'll just get defensive. (laughs) But then maybe the sixth or seventh time, maybe I'll start to listen. And so I need these messages repeated, the stuff that I don't do well, the things that I can get better at. I want people to be coming and arguing with me and like not in an annoying way, but in a respectful way. For me, that's a, one of the big reasons why we started this podcast. I want to hear from people. Mm. Like I, I made this journey away from Christianity and I, I want to be exposed to every intelligent Christian who says, no, no, Nick, this is the thing you're not understanding. And I want those people to get in contact with me to lead me back in because I want to believe there's a good God. 
I want to believe that God cares about me and that I'm going to be living in bliss for eternity. That all sounds brilliant, but I need some evidence. So if there's something I'm missing, I want Christians to come up and say, no, no, Nick, this is what you're missing. So I want to be told I'm wrong. And I just presume that other people can cope with being told how other people see it in a respectful way. Mm. So, yeah, if, if you think I've been disrespectful, Chris, I apologize. No, no, and no. I don't mean that. No, no, I don't think you have. No, um, I was more concerned about whether I thought I had been disrespectful, you know, by... You're never more disrespectful than me, Chris. <laughs> but I'm not responsible for you. You're your no. own person. But, yeah, I, I, well, I think I need help too because I discovered that I have a very long list. And so help me understand... Maybe where I'm wrong. I wonder if that's a part of your personality because I think you would find the same things true about men. You would find a lot of criticisms of men. I don't think you'd find many of women. Yeah. I think you'd find a lot of criticisms of white people. I don't think you'd find many of black people. Yeah. And I think you are more critical of yourself and the things you identify with than others. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you might be onto something there. I think it's a left-wing thing. Yeah, that's the things that I've been thinking about lately is, you know, the things that I believe, trying to nail down the origin of where those stem from. Mm. I'm feeling a bit on shaky ground on some of them and I'm going, oh, I need to investigate. But, you know, that also requires work. (laughs) (laughs) That's also a thing that Christians say, isn't it? If you challenge them on something, oh, I'm on a a journey with that, which, which often means... Yeah, I'm still liking doing that thing at the moment, so I'm not going to go for it. I'm going to have to remember that next time Robin asks me to do something. (laughs) Yeah, you're on a journey with it, Nick. Yeah, nice. I like that. That's good. I'm going to get a T-shirt made up. (laughs) So let us know your list of things that you wish Christians would stop saying or that you wish Chris and Nick would stop saying. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's what I want to hear. What shit do you wish Nick would stop saying? (laughs) <laughs> That'll be a long list. Right. I'll probably agree with you on half of them. All right. I look forward to uh, to next week's one. What shit do you wish atheists would stop saying? Yeah, this will be fun. All right. Cool. If you've got suggestions that you want to get to us, send them in. So thank you for listening. If you got this far, well, you did get this far, didn't you? Yeah, we'll catch you next time. Have a good week. Look up. Much love. All right, winner. Beautiful. Scott here again. If at any point in this podcast you found yourself yelling vainly into the void at two idiots who can't even hear you and refuse to listen to you, then congratulations, you know exactly how I feel. Luckily for you, there are other ways to contribute. You can leave reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to it, share it on social media, or discuss it in your blog, podcast, or fellowship group. Subscribe, like, nod your head, raise your fist, shout amen, but probably don't send a prayer because I'm kind of busy right now. Join the discussion in the comment sections, ask questions, and do come back and join us again here on the Eternity Ward. Eternity Ward.